come to oblivion. Hello everyone. I don't get to use the devil intro that often, but I do like using it from time to time. Hello, welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, or my sort of new book, The Chain, which is available over at Wattpad. Uh, yeah. Hi. Today, we're going to be talking about Netflix's Lucifer. And yes, I know it wasn't originally a Netflix property, but they got it after cancellation. Wow, that is a word I do not want to say today. And yeah, but I'm going to ignore the original network because why not? Now, I am not completely caught up on this show because I watched it a little bit when it originally came out and I didn't enjoy the medium it was on. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. Okay, so before we get into the wonderful world of Lucifer, may I ask you, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're currently listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better chance that we can interact with each other. And community is what the whole project is about, after all. At least for me. So, like I said, when Lucifer originally premiered, I tried to watch it. We, Well, Brian and I both tried to watch it. And it was on the Hulu. And it was one of those shows that, even though we pay for the no commercial package, they put commercials in it anyway. And... I'm kind of at a point in my life where, you know, that type of show, I have a hard time sitting through two and a half minutes of commercials every couple minutes. That's something that bugs me. It's actually something that bugs me about this podcast, that every now and then we actually have commercials, sometimes at the beginning, sometimes at the middle, sometimes both. But, you know, I understand needing to make money. And I'm one of those people that with the community support and the Patreon, if I made enough through those, then I would just stop having ads altogether on the show because I wouldn't need the extra income because I'm not that kind of greedy monster. But these shows, even though we are paying extra for the right to watch them without commercials, these networks are the greedy type and they force the commercials on you anyway And it just wasn't a pleasant experience because you kept getting taken out of the show. And I don't think I realized at the time that that's why we didn't like it. But we tried a couple episodes and we just weren't into it. When it was brought onto Netflix, we decided to, I don't know, just give it a try. Why not? Let's see if we actually like it or not. And we started from the beginning. Lucifer is a show better without commercials. The commercials took you out of the story and 
that's something that a show like this really can't have. There's something about the world that it's trying to set up that is surreal in a very interesting sort of way that the the interruptions break the illusion and make the show more difficult to get into. At least that's how I understand it now, because having watched it on Netflix without ads, it's a great show. It's a really fun show. And even those episodes that we rewatched, because again, we started back at the beginning because we couldn't remember what happened in the earlier episodes. It worked. It was a much better show without ads. And this is something that, you know, I think we just have to take to heart is that there are some stories that do not broach interruption well. And one of the reasons why I think that's true of a show like Lucifer is on the one side, it is a fairly standard police procedural in that Lucifer works with a detective for the LAPD and they're basically solving the murder of the week every week. And in a lot of ways, that's the show that it is. But it has this kind of parallel track that becomes more and more dominant as the show goes on, where you're dealing with Lucifer and Mazikeen and eventually Aminadel and Mother. And other spirits. Uriel comes in at one point. We've had others name dropped here, there, and yonder, and I'm sure more will show up as the show continues. That supernatural side of the show is what makes it different. The idea that he actually is the devil and he is running a nightclub and occasionally performs on piano and is going to therapy because there's just something endlessly amazing about seeing the devil in therapy that makes this show special and makes it fun. Those supernatural elements, especially early in the series were, I don't want to say played down, but they weren't as strong a component of the show. They really kind of come out of the gate with, no, look, this is actually Lucifer Morningstar really is the devil. Mazikeen really is a demon. But this is a police procedural kind of show where they're going to be solving crimes. And Lucifer is able to use his superpower of asking people what they want and uncovering people's deepest desires to help them solve the crimes. And that's an interesting gimmick in and of itself. But what makes the show good is actually the relationships between Lucifer and Mazikeen and Decker and the others that are there. The therapist is endlessly fascinating every time she shows up. Zoe is special. And hopefully we will eventually learn how special. But that child, oh man, that child and her chocolate cakes. She, she's, she's something special, but that's what makes the show work is the relationships. It does what good serialized shows should do and has been getting better at over the seasons. And I can't wait till I actually get to the seasons 
post-Netflix purchase, which, by the way, they've already announced a new season, so there will be more, and that's always a wonderful thing for any show that you're getting into to know that it hasn't come to a an unceremonious conclusion. But yeah, the most fascinating part of the show is its ambiguity. And, you know, usually on Wednesday we talk about world building, and that's kind of why I picked Lucifer for today's show, because normally we're talking about some deep mythological work that goes in on behalf of the creators to make a show have this sense of history and depth and all that. This show doesn't have that. And it very intentionally doesn't have that. They are not very clear as to, well, which version of God they're talking about. Is this the Jewish God? Is this the Mormon God? Is this the Christian God? Is this who, who is this God that we're talking about? The nature of God is um, on the one hand left very ambiguous. And on the other hand is, uh, almost exclusively explained to us from the point of view of Lucifer, who may or may not be the best judge of the creator of the universe, if he is the creator of the universe. And that's, I think, one of the other things that they have left intentionally vague on the show, at least so far to where I'm at. They may finally settle that once and for all. They got close to saying that they created the entire universe in one episode that I saw recently, but I'm actually trying to stay away from spoilers for the most part because there's so much interesting stuff in here and how they pull this off that I don't think any particular case or major plot point has to be spoiled to actually do the to have this conversation. And I know quite a few of you check out when the spoiler warning comes in. So hopefully we can get through as much of this as possible without having to go into spoilers. But the magic is that within this vagary, we're allowed to play with a lot of thoughts and ideas against a very broad canvas, because depending on the mythos you're wanting to bring in, you can really change the meaning of some of the stories. Because one of the most interesting changes they did is to the character of Lucifer himself. And I don't feel that this is a spoiler to talk about just because it's literally one of the first things you find out about him in the first episode. Lucifer is not a fallen angel. He did apparently have some kind of rebellion in heaven, but then was sent to hell to manage it. He was put in charge of punishing people for their sins, a job that he found both rewarding and kind of his calling. It's one of the ways that they justify him getting involved with police work, because he's continuing to punish the guilty. And it's a major theme that runs throughout the show. That is a huge change to the idea of the devil that we normally have. The second big change they did to the character is he never lies. 
basing the devil in a character who has such a rigid adherence to honesty because at his basic nature, as they've drawn him for this show, he exists to punish the wicked. So he does not tolerate equivocation. He does not tolerate lies. He wants and believes that everyone should be honest and truthful at all times. That is a huge change for what you expect from the devil. Now, they continued giving him the debauchery and the things that you would expect with the threesomes, foursomes, and morsomes that he engages in throughout the show, his love of rock and roll, all of those more cliched elements that you expect to be there are there, but they say little to nothing about his moral character because he bases his entire belief his entire morality on the idea that people should be honest at all times with each other and that he should that, well, that the guilty should be punished and the innocent should be left alone. And with those two underpinning ideas, we now have a very interesting and different view of the devil to play with in a show like this, where we can ask questions about whether or not Lucifer is or isn't a hero, we can ask questions as to, is he a good guy or a bad guy? But whose terms are you going to use? Yes, he is into all kinds of debauched liaisons with people of all genders. Yes, he has a kind of love for the alcohol and the drugs. But being an immortal, they don't really affect him. Like... They do a person. So are those moral vices or just ways that an immortal being passes the time? We can see his cruelty in how he feels that the guilty should be judged and punished for their crimes. But at the same time, he wants to make sure that they are absolutely guilty, that they deserve what they get, and that they get exactly what they deserve. Now, having said that, that changes and puts a spin on all of the moral failings that you would normally expect to see in a devil character in media. It doesn't necessarily make him a good guy. It doesn't necessarily make him a hero. He has a very interesting relationship with Zoe, the child, the, um, the detective's child, as he calls her. I love that. The detective. I love the just the relationship that they have. The detective, the detective, the detective. But it prevents him from really falling into the realm of being an anti-hero because he has a very strong and rigid moral code that he does his best never to violate. And where the show really shines is in those moments where he questions whether or not he violated his own moral code. Now, the basic narcissism that they built into the character does prevent him from being a true hero in the classic sense of the term. But merely being a narcissist does not preclude his other heroic feats that he performs throughout the show. They've made him into kind of a collage of what you would expect and what you would not expect for the devil and used 
what you would expect to be his flaws as actual moral strengths to make the character more interesting. By pairing him with a demon like Mazikeen, you really get a sense of the difference between him and the image that we have of the devil. Mazikeen being a demon, a soulless creature who is designed to exist in hell for the sheer purpose of punishing the those who are sent there. Seeing her reaction to other people, as well as his brother Aminadel's reaction, being an unfallen angel, you get an interesting contrast with the character that makes us question the morality of all of the characters involved. Most interestingly, though, the main topic that it always goes back to is the conflict between Lucifer and God. In all of the changes that they did to the character to make him much more interesting and flexible for the types of stories they wanted to tell with him, they left the basic conflict at the heart of his being the one that you would expect. He is mad at God. The exact reasons are elucidated at a couple points throughout the show, but any time the concept of rebellion comes up, what the actual argument was that he and his father had, everything, at least to the point that I've watched in the series, is left very vague. So we don't know what actually caused Lucifer and God to start fighting. We only know the end result and the relationship that they've had since. That's the part that the story really wants to play on. Lucifer's feelings of abandonment by his absentee father and mother. Which I don't feel like is a spoiler because she's like most of season two. Um, but that's, that's fascinating. You've allowed us to keep the most archetypal elements of the devil while at the same time spinning them, twisting them, and changing them so that they are neither cliched nor rote recitations of the stories that we are familiar with, while allowing them to maintain the trappings that we are familiar with so that it doesn't feel like you're just changing things for the sake of changing things. The very fact that they've been able to pull this off through the intentional use of vagary and not have it feel like a cop-out, this doesn't feel like supernatural when you start having some of those hard questions about the angels god the leviathan whatever pick whatever the theme for that season is and how it kind of begs a lot of questions that the show just tries to hand wave away because it's supernatural you're not supposed to think about it you're just supposed to have fun this show should have a lot of the problems that supernatural built for itself in understanding the basic structure of the universe, how the universe functions with these supernatural and divine beings existing in it, but doesn't. Not that they're not important questions, and not that they're even questions that the show ignores, but the way that they handle it is they're only going to answer just enough for you to get through the story at hand. And, well, we'll get to the rest later. There's always that sense of, oh, yeah, but there's more, but we don't have time for that right now. Let's just go on, detective. Or whoever is having the modicum of exposition that the show does have delivered to them. It's quite a feat to see pulled off with the 
success, the level of success that they've had with it. It is a brilliant show if you like these sort of things. And even if you don't, because I'm on the record as not being somebody who's particularly fond of police procedurals, I really don't like the Murder of the Week format in most shows. But the family drama and everything that goes on along on the side with the supernatural, the supernatural elements of the series really is a compelling story and sets up some fascinating mysteries that pull you through and keep you coming back for more. And that is kind of an amazing thing to me because, yeah, this on paper is the kind of show that I really shouldn't like. And not having the ability to, you know, binge it when it originally came out, meaning we watched like two, three episodes at a time. Not being able to do that, I wasn't able to see the connective tissue between the episodes, and it felt like a bland police procedural. Getting to watch it the way that we're watching it now and seeing all of those other little interconnecting pieces, the show is much more interesting and definitely worth a watch. So if you haven't watched any of Lucifer, it's up on Netflix in its entirety. There's a new season in the works. You might want to watch it because we're probably going to do some breakdowns of the seasons because it's a show I really, really like. Alrighty, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you haven't already, please do rate this episode. It really helps out a lot, tells the algorithms to share us, and that is always a good thing. If you've got a buck you can throw my way, down in the show notes, you'll find a link for both the community support and my Patreon. The main difference is people on Patreon occasionally get stuff. If you can afford to give, it really would help out a lot. We're really having some financial things right now, but don't feel any pressure. If you can't, that's fine. It really is. But if you know somebody that would like this podcast, please do share it with them. That helps out immensely as well. Yeah, I'm probably going to do that Star Trek show. I just can't stop thinking about it, and it seems like it would be a lot of fun. Um, so let me know stuff you'd like me to talk about on that. It's going to be a weekly show, a little bit longer in episode length than this one. But yeah, I'm probably going to end up doing that. If you have any questions or comments, you can either send me a voice message. You can find the link to do that in the show notes. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. I'm CE Dorset on both or find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. So until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye. <laughs>